Hey, welcome to the Coach Bono's podcast from the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recording live at the undisclosed location of the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram at Coach Bono's Show. Check out the Facebook page, uh, search Coach Bono's Show. You can also email us at CoachBonoShow at gmail.com. This is episode 26. Uh, it's, uh, it's Monday. We're going to do a few rants here. I'm going to kind of recap the past week of uh, no football sports and what's kind of going on. And uh, then Thomas Bridges from the Jones Report is going to join us for a little bit. And then uh, we'll wrap up to that, come back for a second and uh, chat chat for a minute. But I uh, want to have a little fun. Wanted to hit on just a couple of things. I mean, this is the first week without football in this offseason. And I don't know if it felt weird for anybody else. The first Monday night, the first Sunday, the first Saturday without college football is always kind of weird. But uh, it, it's just weird not having football. Monday night, I was at home with my wife, and we both were kind of looking at each other like, what do we do? There's usually a there's usually a football game on, you know whether we're watching the real the Monday night telecast or the Manning cast. Something you know, usually I'm going to glance at least one of them, and, and she's going to watch at least the first half before going to bed. It was kind of weird. We ended up eating dinner earlier because of it. We ended up doing a whole. And hell, I was in bed by ten o'clock, which is if you know me, strange for me. So, just it's a little getting takes a little always takes a little jarring. Takes a little getting used to every year that first time around. So, yeah, I hope I hope anybody, let me know if you uh, if the same thing if you had the same feelings. Let me know. Tweet at me. Send an e- send me an email. Tell me what you did to get through the first week without football this past week. So uh, give me a shout on that. Uh, a couple things happened this week. Uh, I was taken aback. This was Saturday afternoon. Um, I don't know how much of the Olympics people watched. I I don't really get into the Olympics. I I guess I'm not as patriotic as some. I don't know. It's the Winter Olympics. I grew up in the South. We really didn't have a lot of these sports down there. But really and truly, I just don't really get into it. But I was getting a haircut Saturday. And when I was getting my haircut, they had the Olympics on. And curling was on. It was actually the gold medal game. I did not see the end. don't know who won. don't really care. But I couldn't look away. I don't know what curling is other than sliding a stone into some kind of a path and you know the little circles and everything. I don't know what the rules to the game are. I would like to learn a little more. And I remember this happening four years ago. Maybe it was, you know, whenever we had the last winter games. And thinking, well, I wouldn't mind playing that. Then I remember it's played on ice. And I went, well, no, that's not a good idea. I don't do cold weather very well. So, um, yeah, I just... I want to know a little more about this. Uh, the biggest thing is I just could not take my eyes off it. And even though I didn't really understand the game or what was exactly going on, I don't know the exact rules. I kind of had a decent understanding, but uh, didn't know the, ru- the all the rules, the intricacies of the game. And at the same time, I couldn't just take my eyes off it. I don't know. I think that for the first time I found a sport that I could enjoy at least – casually and I've never had that happen before that was strange because I mean I've watched other sports I mean we have football baseball basketball hockey um you know I don't watch sports casually so I thought that was kind of interesting that for the first time in my life 
I felt how some people feel about watching what you might call the main sports, people who aren't sports nerds like I am. And it was kind of a different and a good feeling to just casually watch a ball game. Every time I watch a ball game, I'm, you know, I'm in, I'm watching the game. I want to know what's going on and, and kind of follow the, the whole piece of it. It's just, it was interesting. So, yeah, I, I would love to see curling be something we see, not every day, but something we see, you know, like a, like a season of curling. Curling teams from all over the country. You know, let's get the state of Kansas versus people from, you know, people from Montana. You know, let there be a New York team versus a Chicago team. I, I want to see some curling. Someone get me a curling league. Who's got too much money? Jeff Bezos. Somebody call Jeff Bezos and say, hey, Amazon, do you need content? The United States Curling Association. You can put it on Tuesday nights. We don't need Maction if we got curling. This is this is an idea. I think I just came up with something here. We're going to talk a little bit more about the point five this week. I'll make sure Ellen and I talk about that. I got an idea here. This could be a money maker. So, but uh, I it was it was fun. It was different. I've never seen. I never. I've never been a fan like that before. So, yeah. Um, Sunday night. We're recording this Sunday night. Look, ten o'clock and. Uh, the NBA just had their all-star game. I glanced at it. I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched the first quarter. I saw the end. And I tried to watch both. Um, I had to do something in the middle. But I did try to watch a little bit of both the regular telecast and then TBS's version or TNT. I get who I think it was TBS had the, for lack of a better term, the Manning cast where they had the inside the NBA guys on. Um and I felt distracted, not like the Manning cast, but because the crowd noise was into it. I think they should have. If they were going to do that, that kind of a the thing like like the Manning cast, which, I mean, Shaq and Chuck and Kenny and, and Ernie, they're all great. Um, I think Barkley is absolutely hysterical. And the interaction between him and Shaq uh, uh, especially is really great. I love the way they play off each other. But I think they'd have been better if they were in the studio, or at least in a studio. I mean, obviously they were at the game, covering the game and all the events over the weekend. But if you could do that, you know, I think if you had that, it could work. It'd be a little better if you didn't have the crowd response behind them. I think that's what makes the Manning cast a little different. I also think that Peyton and Eli are really um, a little different with what they do. So, um, Final score, I'll go over real quick. I don't, I'm not going to get too deep in the NBA uh, team LeBron beat Team Durant 163-160. Way too many points scored. I was the stretch I watched in the first quarter. I don't think anyone actually tried to play defense, which is fine. I mean, they're not no one should get hurt. It's a it's just something out there for charity. You're having a good time. You know, I'm not gonna try to, you know, be be you know hard ass about that. Um, the funniest thing to me is that they have this draft, you know, team LeBron and Kevin Durant had a draft. Of course, Durant didn't draft James Harden, and it was an embarrassment when he was, you know, when he got down to the end and Harden was there, that kind of thing. And Durant, of course, if you don't know, Harden was traded from Durant's team, the Nets. The, my takeaway on this, though, is we've got two really great players, LeBron and Durant, probably the two, if you want to call them the best players of a generation, I think LeBron definitely is. Durant, I would argue, is either second, third, or fourth. I mean, he's definitely up there, one of the all-time greats. 
But the funny thing to me is that these are two guys that, in real life, they're shitty GMs. I mean, if you look, they've both built teams now where they're not the GM in name, but they're the general manager. They're the one making the decisions of who plays on those teams. LeBron's done it his whole career since he left Miami, you know, went back to Cleveland, and now in, in uh, now in L.A., you know, he's made some decisions, and frankly, I think some have been pretty bad. Uh, Durant now has all this power in New Jersey, or not New Jersey, I'm sorry, in Brooklyn with the Nets, and um, he's done a really poor job of picking players. He thought this was going to all work with Kyrie and himself and Harden, and what they did, what he overlooked was Harden wasn't going to put up with the bullshit of uh, of Kyrie Irving doing what he did, and... Um, you know, I think that Durant didn't really understand that, understand the dynamic of those two people. So I think that it's funny. It's almost like these two guys who in reality are, are you know, pseudo-GMs at their work are now trying to play fantasy GM for an all-star game, and they were just quite awful, um, quite awful in person and, and real. And then now they do this, and, you know, I guess they had some fun. And that's the thing. It's about being charitable. It's about having a good game and all that good stuff. So, um, Steph Curry, the All Star Game MVP, uh, fifty points in the game. Uh, just you know, he's unbelievable. Sixteen threes in the game. They just they're going to leave people wide open. They're going to make those shots. But my big takeaway on that is the the two shitty GMs. You know, get to play. At least no one had to play defense, so you don't have to worry about doing that part of your roster. Um. Some not-so-friendly and kind news this week, also this weekend, happened. Jawan Howard, head coach of the Michigan Wolverines, University of Michigan Wolverines, um, in the post-game, in the coach's line, as everybody's shaking hands and leaving after losing the game today, um, uh, 77-63, to Jawan Howard gets into a heated confrontation with an assistant coach, uh, Joe Krabenhoft. I, well, if I've pronounced that wrong, please forgive me. You, you, you try to spell it. You try to say it without hearing it. Um, but they get into the handshake line, and they started drawing back and forth, and then after people get between them and some shoving, Jawan Howard actually takes a swipe and a swing at the assistant coach from, from Wisconsin. That's just not a good look for anybody. The whole situation wasn't a good look, but Jawan Howard is the head coach of a basketball team. He, of all people, has to know better. He, of all people, has to be the one that doesn't make that mistake. Um, this is not going to be good. This is going to be something that there's going to be repercussions to this. I'm not sure what those will be, but there will be some. Um, this is going to be something that uh, there will be some discipline here. Um, I don't know what it's going to be. We'll see in the next in the coming days, but uh, really, really not a, not a great look for Jawan Howard, someone I've really respected over time. And really worked his way up from being, you know, a one of the Fab Five to being a, a, a really good player in the NBA to then being a, coming a head co- an assistant coach, now being a head coach at Michigan. He's done really well at Michigan. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was low brow at best. And I, again, you don't know what's said. I, I have no idea what was said, but it certainly probably wasn't worth that, especially for the head coach. So as we learn more, I'll definitely have a little more on the point five about that. We'll talk about that on Friday. Just not a good look for Jawan Howard, and I just I, I know he's probably regretting it right now too. So, yeah, one of those things. Um, 
I'm not going to get full on into NFL stuff today. Usually, you know, Monday we come in and we have what's going on after this after this past week. We look forward to the next week. We just had the Super Bowl last week, and now we're getting ready for free agency and a lot of the changes that we're going to see with rosters. But one thing I do want to kind of rant on for a minute is the the ESPN, Fox Sports, FS1, whatever you want to call it, whether it's on TV or on the websites or just or these stupid websites that are just ad-driven and click-driven try to get you to come over with stupid articles of predictions for 2022 season. Um, I saw one, it was particularly on ESPN.com a few days ago where they had their all their insiders pick who's going to be to be the Super Bowl winners and who's going to be the MVPs for 2022. Who in the blue fuck knows right now? And look, we know who some of these teams are. We know that there's going to be teams who are going to be very good. We know there's teams who have these great quarterbacks like like the Chiefs and Mahomes, like the Bills and Allen, the Bengals with Burrow. Um, the Chargers with Herbert. But we don't know a lot about it a lot right now. And it's just so stupid. And it's nothing more than clickbait at this point. So uh, a little bit of an F you to the to ESPN, to FS1, to everybody who's doing the too early, and they even call it that sometimes, the too early picks. Get out of here. I just don't believe in that. I believe you're going to make a pick, you make a pick. You know, the week before the season started this year, I made the pick. I said, hey, I think the Rams are going to play the Titans in the Super Bowl. Now, look, I was right, but I'm not going to go all the way there. But I'm going to at least say, hey, I had to own that the Titans didn't make it. But I just don't like that you're going to make a pick now, but you get to change it at the draft. And then you get to change it again on June 1st when there's more cuts. And then you're to change it again when there's an injury in August. That's bullshit. It's just bullshit. So we're going to move on from that. Um... One thing I thought was interesting this week, a little bit of football stuff, um, Brian Flores got a job. Brian Flores, who's currently in litigation in a lawsuit with the NFL, it's going to be, could turn into a class action lawsuit, uh, gets a job as a defensive assistant with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, interesting hire for the Steelers. I think it's a really good hire. I think anytime you can add Brian Flores to your defensive staff, it's, it's a good thing. That guy's a hell of a coach. Um, so I think that that was a really a, a good, a big positive for uh, the Steelers staff for Mike Tomlin and, and for the Steelers organization, you know, all in all. So um, the other thing we have want to know, I haven't seen, and we're going to talk more about this Friday, is the Eric Bieniemy stuff. Um, Ellen and I will talk about it on Friday, but I there is an article that I received from I got it from Tyler Jones, um, who if you listen to the Jones Report, you'll hear Tom, his co-host, with us here in a few minutes literally sent me a report that was 30 minutes after I recorded the point five, So I didn't go back in and talk about it, things I wanted to read the report. I kind of wanted to digest it. But basically a group of writers um, and from a website I hadn't even heard of um, are trying to already put the narrative out there, making Eric Bieniemy very much the scapegoat for what has happened with the Chiefs and uh, not making the Super Bowl, some a lot of the issues behind the scenes. I'm going to get in-depth with that. I think Ellen and I are going to talk about that on Friday. Um, but I really want to talk about that then, and I want her to see the article, and I want to talk to her about it. 
And I think we'll bring that up. And we'll also see if anything comes of that because as we're recording now, Eric Bieniemy's contract has ended with the Chiefs. And he did not get a head coaching job. We haven't heard anything from the Chiefs publicly as of recording that he has been rehired or will not be uh, kept. Uh, so, so far, and I think that every day that goes by that we don't hear of a Brian, of a, uh, of a, of a re-signing there, I think it's going to look even worse and worse for Eric Bieniemy. Um, you know, I just, we'll see how it goes there. But uh, certainly some uh, cracks in the wall there at one arrowhead drive. We'll see how that goes. I'm going to, uh, we're going to come back here in a moment. I'm going to have uh, Thomas Bridges, the uh, co-host of the uh, the Jones Report with Tyler Jones here on the Studio Soapbox Network. As we come in, we're going to have some fun chit-chat for a bit. I hope you enjoy it. Hope you know, we're going to have Tyler, we're going to have Thomas in quite a bit uh, moving forward. And so this is a way of kind of introducing him to everybody who's not a current Jones Report listener. I don't know why you're not listening. It's a really great podcast. I get to be on it every week as well. So we're going to have Tom come in, chit-chat for a little bit about some things going on. Uh, and I hope you guys enjoy as we come back on the flip side here. Before we get to Tom, I want to talk about one last thing, and that's Trunk Club. Now listen. We all guys gotta step our game up. We gotta step our game up. We gotta get our some new stuff into our uh, into our wardrobe. And a great way to do it is Trunk Club by Nordstrom. Um, I love the idea of having a personal shopper, someone to pick stuff out for me, want me to try it on, see if I like it, if it fits well, all that good stuff. And what I don't like, I can send back. I recommend giving it a try. They have a trunk, and this is what I really recommend doing. If you haven't done this yet, if you look in our show notes, you're going to see the link. There's going to be a referral link in there. You go to Trunk Club by Nordstrom. You use our referral link. You're going to get $50 off your trunk, your first trunk. And what I highly recommend is the starter trunk. The starter trunk is a well-rounded wardrobe is the key to looking good and spending less time trying to get there. With a closet full of timeless, great-fitting favorites, it's easy to put different outfits on and change it up from time to time. The starter trunk lets you stock up on all the staples all at once, and since they're hand-picked for just you, everything will reflect your personal style. To give you an idea of what to expect, our, the personal stylists to round up to 10 key pieces, and they'll send it out for your style and your success. Give it a try. Trunk Club has been great for me. I personally love it. I've had friends use it, family members use it, whether you're a man, a woman, if you're a teen, someone who's maybe getting a little bigger, a little smaller, it's a great way to freshen it up, and I really recommend the starter truck. Give it a try. Use our referral code. The link is in the show notes. You can do that while you listen to Tom and I talk when we come back. So Trunk Club by Nordstrom. Enjoy, look good, feel good, and be good. All right, coming into the show now, straight from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Ladies, if you're in the Tulsa area, set your tender settings to 50 miles maybe. Pick out a case of the cheapest beer you can find and uh, throw out some of your best hood wrap on the front deck of your house. Maybe lay out a San Antonio Spurs jersey. And magically, out of nowhere, my man Thomas Bridges is going to appear. You may know Thomas, he is the co-host of the Jones Report with our guy Tyler Jones here on the Studio Subbox Network. Tom, how you doing today? 
Hey man, I'm good. It's um, you know we're recording this. It's a Sunday. I'm got the Sunday scary sipping on a mimosa right now as I talk to you. I was just um, about to ask. First question out the gate was to be what you sipping on today, because I figured you were right, sipping little, on something. I mean, a little grapefruit mimosa. Uh, I don't know if you're a fan of grapefruit juice. Everyone always puts orange in their champagne, and you know I I don't want to say Taco Bell live moss, but you you got to switch it up every now and then. Grapefruit juice is good. Uh, my mom personally, she likes cranberry juice in hers and I'm a big fan of the pineapple mosa. Oh, okay. Hey, we, we learn something new every day. If you're out there in the world, you don't have to just have your mimosas with OJ slipping in some grapefruit. I kind of like that. It's a little different. That's not my personal thing. A pineapple sounds good though. I might. Pineapple's good. Do you got any good brunch spots in Lawrence? I haven't been to Lawrence since Tyler, you know, made his since, departure. Since Tyler broke camp. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, it's you'll right, be we, got we got Milton's. We got Milton's. We got um, you know, Big Biscuit. If you just want to throw down some food, um, there's a few places here in Lawrence where you can do a, a brunch. Yeah. When I come, I'll, I'll come to Lawrence this season. I'll have to look at the schedule, but we'll have to go do brunch or something. I'm, I'm sure the Oklahoma State KU game will be an 11 a.m. kick. <laughs> yeah, it usually is. Well, I say that, and it was a night game. In, in Stillwater this year, and I had booked a, a DJ gig, and I had, could have swore that game would have been an 11 a.m. kick, so I was going to try to make it. But, um, you know, if that's, if that's so, I'll come to Lawrence, and, you know, I'll even bring Tyler. I'll get him to go, and yeah. we'll come up to Lawrence, and we'll, we'll hit a brunch spot and find the, the land of pineapple mimosas. We'll have to figure that out, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Hey, I want to get started. So people who – who listen to the Jones Report know this, but if you don't listen to the Jones Report, first off, you should be. Secondly, if you're, uh, if you don't know, Tom is, I make the better half of the Jones Report, the funnier half for certain on the Jones Report, and so that's why I wanted to have you in here today. We're going to bring you on from time to time. I want to talk about, first off, you're a huge Rams fan. You're the biggest Rams fan I know, so shout out to you. I'm going to leave the floor to you to talk about the Rams finishing the job, winning the Super Bowl. First off, congratulations to your team and your squad in winning the Super Bowl. When they finally got it done, you know, I, I grew up, uh, you know, when I was a kid, greatest show on turf. You remember those days. Yeah. And uh, made me a fan. And then after that, you know, after shortly after greatest show on turf, we had the likes of Mark Bulger and Sam Bradford leading the way. And uh, it was rough years of growing up. You know, if you're a kid in school, uh, you know, everyone talks about their teams growing up, you know, well, you know, why this is my team and you know, we're going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, in those days and in, in middle school and high school, I never had faith in the I didn't. You know, I, I, I was lucky enough to talk about the Spurs doing things back in the day. That was my bragging rights because I could never brag on the Rams. Yeah, uh, they were in the they were in the same hole like Detroit Lions are in right now. Um. So it's been a long time coming, but Bo, you said all year, and I've you have learned to not trust the Rams because they've, you know, been the been the source of a lot of joy, but also a lot of misery. So I I've learned to not get my hopes up for the Rams, uh, and so this it makes it even more sweet. But you've said all season that you've been a Rams believer. You said it day one. Yeah. And I, I picked them in the preseason. I did switch courses the Super Bowl week. I, I mentioned, I meant, you know, I've mentioned before I picked the Bengals to win the game. 
and that was the, the, the Burrow thing for me. I can't go against I McGovern. Chase Burrow. I mean, they're like the northern yeah. LA Tigers, right? Yeah. I mean, so I, mean, I got to do that. So, um, yeah. so I, I had to go with them. But I, I did. I picked my original pick for the season was the uh, the Rams versus the Titans. That was what I was week one. And I, was, and I went and I stayed with it the whole season. I just thought they were. I, I figured the Rams were built kind of like the Bucks were a year earlier, but even more talented. The quarterback wasn't as talented, but the rest of the team was. And I just figured that they were going to be the best team in the NFC. And then I figured the AFC teams you're going to get. I didn't think the Chiefs were going to go. And I still don't think the Chiefs are going to go. I, there's a lot going on there that I'll, I'm going to talk about later. But um, the Chiefs, I didn't think the Chiefs were going to go. I kind of liked the Titans. I thought they were the one team that was different. They, they slow the game down. They play defense. The Rams play defense. And I think that's important and gets overlooked because you can't offensively just blow everybody out. And, um, I mean, that's why the Chiefs and the Bills are both at home. Super Bowl week. That's the truth. And, and you know, you mentioned the Titans, man. If, if Derrick Henry doesn't go down, I think you hit the nail on the head. I, I think so. I, I think so, too. I, I, Tyler has a great way of putting it. He was talking to me midseason. We're talking about the, the quarterbacks in the league across the board. And he mentioned he has the Ryan Tannehill rule. Your quarterback has to be Ryan Tannehill or better to be a Super Bowl contender. I think it's a really good way of looking at it. I think he is the worst quarterback of the Super Bowl contending quarterbacks. And I think that going into the season, I was thinking with like with the Rams specifically, I thought, well, Stafford's better than Tannehill. So he can win a Super Bowl. Do you think that this is going to make Stafford a, a Hall of Fame? Man, I don't know. You know, you take the two greatest or maybe not the two greatest. There'd be a lot of debate there two of the greatest wide receiver seasons ever uh, have been led by Matt Stafford. Uh, you know, he can sling it. He gets out there. He's, he does throw a lot of interceptions, almost shades. He doesn't – man, I might get a lot of hate on this, but he he has shades sometimes. The way he slings it, maybe not as gritty. I don't think – he doesn't, he doesn't have maybe the grip factor that – I think Brett Favre did, but shades of Favre in a way that he slings it. I don't disagree with that. I, I mean, Favre threw a lot of picks, but Favre yeah. also won a lot of games, and he had a lot of passing yards. Yeah. Well, I mean, Stafford was one of the first guys to have a 5,000 passing yard season. I think that gets overlooked. And, I mean, he was one of the very first. It was, I think it was him, Brady, and Manning were the first three, and it's and he was with the Lions, you know. The Lions. Yeah, I mean, and granted, they're playing from behind a lot. But, I mean, I, I've heard, like, the biggest criticism I've heard of Matt Stafford was, uh, I think it was Beaumonty Jones said he's the most, um, um, the least criticized number one overall pick of all time. I think, I, I, yeah, I agree with that, just because he's, you know, what did he had to work with in, in yeah. Detroit? He did have Calvin Johnson. But other than that, not a whole lot of help around it. So yeah. everyone kind of is like, well, he's playing with the Lions. So, yeah. you know, he's, he's doing what he can. Yeah. Granted, if he would have started his career somewhere else, I think maybe he would have got more criticism. I mean, there were people saying they didn't trust him 
to to win the playoff games because of the interceptions. I mean, I think he was he was tied with Trevor Lawrence for the most interceptions all season. I think and and of his interceptions had the most pick sixes. Yeah. Well, um, I, it's important to not throw interceptions. It's important to not turn the ball over. But I think a lot of times guys who do throw a lot of interceptions, guys like Stafford, guys like Trevor Lawrence has, a lot of them, Jameis Winston had this thing too. You know, right. a lot of them are down the field. They're basically punts. The one in the Super Bowl in the end zone, that's essentially a punt. Yeah. Third and long. Yeah. I mean, it you was. Know, if you, you flip a coin and sometimes you hit big and sometimes you lose the house. Yeah. Yeah, but that, that that particular pick didn't hurt them. I mean, it was it just right up in the field, and so yeah, that's where it really didn't to me it didn't make a lot of difference. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Matt Stafford's Super Bowl. And I don't like that as a as, as sports fans we have to start talking like that just because there's you know nothing to talk about in a way. Like it's this whole idea that um, we have to start talking about. Um, and there's something we have to automatically put everything into historical, um, into a historical site right now. And it's like, man, this shit just happened. I mean, the Super Bowl was one week ago now. Right. All of a sudden, we have to decide how important that game was against everything else that happened in the world or it's ever happened in the history of the, of the Super Bowl. It's like, give it some time to breathe. I mean, on Monday, there were articles, the day after Super Bowl, there were articles out about who the favorites are for 2023, for the 2022 season, I should say. And it's like, what? We haven't even had the draft yet. We had a draft. We had to have free agency. We don't know who's getting cut. I mean, it's just too early to talk about any of that stuff right now. Yeah, I just I just think it's really, uh, it's ignorant. It's, it's, it's in ignorance, in my view. So, yeah. So hey, you um, you're like me. You're one of people that likes to travel to games, do some stuff, and you can get away. And you know, COVID times were hard on all of us. But you you were able to get out. You went to the NFC Championship game, or the, was it the NFC Championship game, or the divisional round? Yeah, the divisional round. And that was the game at Tampa. It was wild. So it tell was... me about your Tampa experience. I've been to Tampa once, and I know that the number one thing Tampa's known for is per capita highest number of strip clubs. Tell me about Tampa. I can, I can see why the likes of like an Antonio Brown would end up in Tampa Bay. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I didn't know this, and I, I did. You mentioned the strip club thing. I had no idea going in, right? I, I didn't search like I searched like best things to do in Tampa, and it, you know, it's a college town. One, you got USF there. Yeah. Um, yeah. We went to the campus, and it was it was not bad. You know, the yeah. USF bowl. They're not worth a shit, honestly. Um, you know, I I would have if I was going to go to a college town in in Florida. Obviously, it'd have been Gainesville. Well, yeah. I say that probably if I had to pick one college town in Florida, it'd either be the University of Miami or I would be in Tallahassee, of Florida State. Um, but you know, for specifically a college town, like USF and the University of Tampa, which I I don't even, I don't think they have any. You know, they don't play any sports. I think it's more, if I recall, maybe like more of a medical type school. Okay. And so we're down there. And my buddy, Josh, we're longtime Rams fans. We I, I met him in, in sixth grade. And at that time, he was the only Rams fan that I knew. 
Um, so in sixth grade, we immediately were like, oh, you're a Rams fan. I'm a Rams fan. You know, he was a, he's a big St. Louis Cards fan. And I don't watch like baseball like he does or like most people would. But I'll root for the Cardinals if they're in it. Right. If, if they're in contention, you know, I'll watch. I'll, I watch the postseason MLB. And so we immediately bonded over that. And, uh, you know, through the years, I still talk to him. He actually lives in Tulsa as well. And I have another friend that's a Rams fan. He's a year older than me. And we kind of have a group chat. So the game's on Sunday. It's This is the Thursday before. And I'm working from home. And I, I, I do this a lot. And it gets me in trouble. Um, but I just I start getting spontaneous. And I, I just, like a... Uh, like, I think if I ever got in trouble, they'd look at my past history and they'd be like, immediately, they'd be like, okay, he's a flight risk. Uh, <laughs> get in these moods where I'm just like, oh, God, you know, it costs us so much money. Like, okay, whatever. Let's go ahead and do it. Let's just do it. Um, you know, if you ever need to take a trip randomly, you should call me up and say, hey, you're trying to go. And it's, it's probably going to be a yes. Yes for me. So I, I just say, you know what? Let's just look. Let's just look at the tickets. I'm yeah. daydreaming. I'm I'm working from home. It's doom and gloom outside. Uh, okay. It's old as shit, gloomy. I you know I'm I'm over here, in the epitome of see you know the seasonal depression. Um, and I'm like you know what, let's let's just look. That's my thing. Let's just look. Yeah. I see the tickets. I can sit up high. Uh, at the game, if I was going to go to the game, I hadn't even looked at flights yet. I could sit up high, uh, you know, on like the 30 in the top for like 125 bucks. Yeah. I said, oh, if I'm, you know, if daydreaming. I said, well, if I was going to go, I want to sit close. If I'm yeah. going to make this, I want to see it. And so I said, what's a close ticket? I'm like, okay, about a little over 300 bucks. I'm like, well, but I've, I, any game that I go to, I, you know, far, far away, I'm going to set close. I'm going to make it worth it. That's right. So 300, not bad. This is an NFL playoff game. I said, okay, well, you know, 300 is doable. Let, you know, let's just see. I, I figured when I looked at the flight, it was going to overdo it for me. And I look at the flight. And total, I would, the way I had planned it out, I would leave Saturday morning on a Southwest flight from Tulsa two-hour layover in Tampa – or in sorry, in Houston, and then be in Tampa by 11.30 a.m. And I'm, like, looking like, okay, Southwest one-way flight, $72. Okay. And then I'm looking – there's a there's a flight, um, like a airline called Breeze. I'm not sure if you heard of Breeze Airlines. No, you'd mention this to me, so tell me about that a little bit. Cheap budget airline. Imagine, like, Spirit – but from what I understand, even worse. Oh, wow. Right. Like just small, compact. They, they just, you know, they cram the shitter full and fly the shitter across the, you know, <laughs> you're, you're, you're in there like a sardine. Um, but I'm thinking, hey, let's, you know, let's just look. And I look at that flight one way Monday morning from Tampa, direct flight from Tampa to Tulsa. $90. And I'm like $160 round trip. I can pull this off. And so I start messaging my group chat, the Rams group chat. I said, Hey guys, what do y'all think about going to the game this weekend? And they're like, 
oh, you're crazy. It's got to be this. And I just start sending them the screenshots. And then they're like, hey, we're kind of on board. And the other one just had a baby, so I didn't think he would be able to go. But Josh could. And I said, you know what? Let's do it. I said, I'll get the tickets. You can pay me back. I'll just buy them outright. You know, get your flight. I'll get the hotel. We'll split it. And I'll get us when we get there. So sure enough, Saturday morning comes around. I'm up and at him. My friend almost misses the flight. We get on this flight. It's empty, right? No one's flying from to Houston. And then when we got to Houston, it was full of of Bucks and Rams fans from Houston to Tampa. And we get there and we're driving around and get to get to Tampa. And I'm like, I can't believe I did this. I didn't really tell my mom until the, the night before. <laughs> you know, I was like, listen, if you need to contact me, uh, you know, trying to, you know, tell someone where I'm at, you know, if I end up in jail, uh, I'll be in Tampa, Florida. Yeah. And he's cussing me out. You're crazy. I can't believe you're, you're that's stupid. You, know, you don't need to be going down there. And I'm like, listen, I'm going to see Tom Brady, you know, and, and that was the crazier thing. So I, I get to Tampa. We're checking it out. We go hit all the dive bars. And we start meet. I I meet people and talk to people very easily, and so we're making friends down there at the oldest bar in Tampa. And if you ever go back, Tiny Tap Tavern, it's a beer only joint, but okay. it's, it's the oldest bar in Tampa. And if you like dive bars, everybody was so friendly. You know, we had our Ram shit on, and you know, out and about. And I'm like, okay, we're gonna wear some of this. We didn't have the jerseys on, but we had like a shirt yeah. and a hat. People are, some people are, you know, like, you know, jousting us around, kind of talking some shit, all, all in good, good faith, you know, we're, we're, yeah. And we're out there, we got drinks bought for us all night. And I was like, you know, this is some Oklahoma style. This is what we do in Oklahoma. And I, you know, couldn't believe it was happening in Florida. People just buying us drinks. Hey, welcome to Tampa. You got to go here. You got to go here. And we're checking it out, and, and you mentioned the strip clubs because we, we were driving around. I said, Josh, have you ever seen this many strip clubs in one place? I, and he hadn't been to Vegas except when he was younger. I said, I've seen it in Vegas like this, but to a greater extent in Tampa. And I'm sure you can attest to that. You said you've been to Tampa. It blew me away, the number of strip clubs there. Yeah. It blew me away. And I start looking up. I said, what kind of heathen as hell are we? <laughs> like, you know, is this like Sodom and Gomorrah over here in terms of <laughs> what in the world? I'm like, I didn't, I'm there. I mean, I'm like, okay. And I'm not one to judge, but, you know, coming from Oklahoma, you know, you, you go further, you go further north into Missouri or Kansas and you, one billboard says Jesus is the truth. And then the next billboard stopping here for a, a blowjob sandwich, you know. <laughs> There's sex shops all over Missouri and Kansas. It's one sex shop and one Jesus billboard, one right after the other. Yeah, they put the you got the sex shops on the hot on the interstates in the rural areas, and then right down the road, you've got the big Jesus save sign. Yeah, and it's like okay, well, they're like it's like the sex shops versus the church. Yeah. And <laughs> So I'm down there and I'm like, well, there's no Jesus save signs here. I'm on my own. And I'm like looking around like, okay, 
I said, we got to check one of these out, Josh. I haven't been to a strip club since 2015. My, this is my first time in Vegas, which is like kind of a requirement, right? Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, we're going to go in here. And so we find this one called 2001 Odyssey. And I start looking it up. Right, right across the street was one of the first strip clubs called Mons Venus. And I guess that is like a legendary one. So we obviously wait, wait, wait. did you say mom's penis? No, I know it sounds like it Mons M O N S Venus, like the planet. Oh, okay, all right, all right. I, I was like, <laughs> God damn, Tom, what'd you get into over here? <laughs> and so we go in there, we go into both of them, and I start talking to the guy it, anywhere. If you ever travel with me, Bo, you'll find out. And my friend, I'm notorious for this after a couple drinks, I'll just start talking to random people. Yeah. And I'll start, I'll start getting skinny on places, right? I'll be like, okay, well, you know what, what, what do we need to do? You what know, where do we go? Yeah. And I'll end up, you know, I don't know, partying with someone I just met for the entire night. And that's what we did both nights. We met a couple of people, like the guy, a couple of guys from the Tiny Tap Tavern went out with us to the bar district in Soho. They didn't go to the strip club with us after, but the bars close at three. We go in these places. I start talking to the people. And the thing is about Tampa, there was a guy, I forget his name, but there's a documentary. I'll look it up. I'll send it to you. Um, I haven't watched it yet either, but there's a documentary on essentially the Hugh Hefner of strip clubs is from Tampa. Okay. And he's like all that type of nightlife in Tampa and then grew it. And then other competitors came in because they're, you know, competing against that market that he was growing. Okay. And is known as essentially like, the father of the modern day strip club. Okay. And I was like, okay, I guess that's where we're at. You know, when in Rome, we're going to go. Okay. And so we had a great time and, you know, ended up seeing a great game. I mean, all the NFL playoffs were great. Yeah. Yeah. I think after week one, yes. You know, I mean, it, even down, you know, obviously the Chiefs blew out the Steelers, which I think we all happened. The Rams kind of laid a whooping on the Cardinals. Uh, you know, the Bucks beat the Eagles. Yeah, which, that first weekend wasn't very good. But after that, I thought it was really good. Right. And so we, we did that and, and ended up, we saw Tom Brady's last game. And we're walking around the stadium. It's, it's chock full of Tampa Bay Buck fans, obviously. But a, a large portion of Rams fans were walking around the stadium and – we're about to go in, and I'm like, hey, you know, let's check out some more stuff. My friend was wanting to go in. Two hours before here, they were selling beers outside. I said, we'll just get beers outside and walk around and, you know, see what else they've got going out here. They, you know, walk through the tailgates, and there hell, we stopped by some Rams tailgates even. And I said, okay, this is really cool. So we walk in by the stadium, and a guy starts yelling. He goes, Eric, Eric. I'm like, who's, who's, who's yelling? And I turn around. And it's Eric Dickerson. Okay. And I'm away. And so as a diehard Rams fan, Hall of Fame running back Eric Dickerson got to meet him and talk with him for a bit and walk around. Um, a little bit colder in Tampa overall. But Bo, I think we I think we I think that's on my radar now as a potential getaway. You can okay. fly one way from Tulsa to Tampa for $45. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. So I got $45 for the play ticket. Now, I know this scam. 
This is the it's seventy five dollars for a carry on and a hundred dollars to check a bag. You're absolutely right. It is. Yeah, and then I mean, is it like like is it like on uh, Soul Plane where they got the overheads that got coin slots? <laughs> exactly. You're absolutely right. But you know, I got out of there one way flight, direct flight from from Tulsa to Tampa for tax and all, and I had brought a bag uh, for twenty five bucks. Or, or like 25 extra for the bag. So total of 90 total okay. after you so that's how they get you. You're at, you you know the you're an insurance guy, you know the scams. Uh, yeah, the, the scam on the on the cheap ones is they hit you with the bag fees. That's whether it's a carry-on, you know, $25 for the carry-on, $45 for the check bag. A second bag is a second check bag is apparently like $785. So yeah, so pack lightly if you're going on those trips. It's one of those things where you wear your heavy clothing on the plane. Yeah. Here's how I found out about that scam many years ago. This was back when I worked for a major insurance company. I was a financial advisor for them. I got into a, um, I got to go to a conference they sponsored for their, you know, highest producers. And I was one of them. And I got to take my family, which was great. It was in San Diego. So me and the wife and the kiddo, we're going to be there. Like the conference is like five days. And we're going to go a day before and we're going to stay an extra day and we're going to do all the fun stuff you can do in San Diego and SoCal. And we're going to be there for a week. And of course, the company paid for my flight for me, the wife and the kiddo, which was great. But they paid for the cheapest fare. And they put us on spirit. And so it was like, you know, 200 bucks round trip. Well, then we go to check bags. Well, I got one bag. My kiddo at the time, he was like, P Money was like six, five, six years old. He had one bag. Jen's got like three. <laughs> Next thing we know, we got $250 in bag fees between the five bags. And I'm like, I could have FedEx this shit cheaper. Yeah, that, <laughs> that is the truth. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, yeah, I, I never get caught on that gimmick again. So, did y'all have a good time? Oh, yeah, we had a good time, but then you had to pay in bag fees. I was like, I, I remember going back, and, and when I got back, I remember complaining. I was like, you guys are paying these bag fees for me. And the uh, employer did not pay the bag fees, and thus I no longer work for that employer. That was the first, <laughs> time, that was the first like, notch where I was like, oh, you guys don't give a shit about us. I'm, let's put that down as you know, reason number one to know that I'm going right. to be breaking camp from this place sooner than later. Uh, yeah, that is yeah. true. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it, you know, well, I, I say that and and I was ex- I was fully expecting breeze. You know, Southwest has always done me right. Every time I fly Southwest. They, That's they what we look- usually do. Right. And and so I saw the one way. And, and if you if you're a traveler, you go, I'd like to travel more than I do even right now. I'm more right. of a spontaneous. Let's go the day before type guy. Um. But Southwest has these one ways, you know, the one way getaway. Yeah. And I'm okay. And they're cheap. They're like flights to, you know, from Tulsa. You could, you know, go wherever you want, you know, almost wherever you wanted for under 150 bucks one way. Yeah. Uh, I think I took, I was taking Southwest to, I saw Southwest flights, the one way getaway from Tulsa to Phoenix. Uh, with a lay like an hour layover in Denver for like a hundred bucks, and I'm like, oh, 
we'll keep this in the back of the mind for later. Yeah. I want to escape again, but uh, breeze flights, leather seats. The flight was obviously not many people flying from Tampa to Tulsa direct flight on a Monday morning at 7 a.m. Uh, so the plane was empty. Actually started to sit by a girl that was actually from Bartlesville, which is where I'm from. Okay. Uh, we talked a little bit and then I realized the flight was empty and, you know, set in my own row was two seater, you know, two seats per row and knocked out for the whole flight, got off the flight and made my 9 a.m. meeting for work. Uh, I mean, I was tired for the whole rest of the day, but you know, you have to do what you got to do. Tom Brady's, you know, let's talk about that too. Tom Brady's last game. Is there anybody ever going to be as good as Tom Brady? I don't know. Here's what I say. So I said this a couple weeks ago. Um, I think it's hard to even call him the greatest. And here's what I'll say about it. There's always situation and what coach were you with? What system were you in? You know, who's the greatest quarterback, football player, whomever? It's very, it's very hard to say with any sort of, um, with any sort of, oh, I don't even know how to put this, with any sort of assurance and to be sure about this, that it is absolutely one person. I mean, I would make the argument, if you reverse Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, does Peyton Manning win seven Super Bowls with Belichick? Does you know, Brady win seven with with Tony Dungy? Oh, I don't you know, know. I don't know. So here's what I will say: I got five quarterbacks I think are better than everybody. That's Brady, Manning, Montana, Marino, Elway. And here's what I will say: of all of them, the person who had the best career is definitely Tom Brady. He's had the best career, no doubt. I mean, seven Super Bowl wins. He's broken a lot of records. You know, he's got all those those accolades. If you take the accolades and what they've accomplished, he's had the greatest career. So I'm willing to give him that, and I'm willing to say that. But And I'm just not one of those guys that thinks that any one player or any one team or any one person is the greatest. Like Jordan and LeBron. Right. I'm a little more team LeBron than I am Jordan, but I'm not going to say one's absolutely greater than the other because how they have competed in different skills, how would their skills have gone in the days league? How would Jordan yeah, have done today? Like, how would man, LeBron have played in the eighties and nineties? Yeah. Could have so, LeBron, could Michael Jordan play now and keep up? I don't Probably. know. I, I think so, yeah. but I, here's what I'll say. I think Jordan had a better career than LeBron. I think Brady's had a better career than everybody. So there's where I, I don't call anyone the GOAT at any circumstance. The only one and it's like I'm a wrestling fan. Well, I mean, most people think Ric Flair is the greatest wrestler of all time. He To me, he probably has had the greatest career. So I'm willing to go that far, but I'm not willing to say one person is the greatest at anything. Who do you think is the best pure passer? The best terms of part quarterback position. If I was going to go greatest pure pass, I'd still think it's Peyton Manning. I think you're right, man. And I never even, to be honest, I never even really thought about, man, what if I always, I always was talking to Jones about this. The, and, and you can obviously remember this, but you know, like even growing up when Tom Brady played Peyton Manning, I mean, it was an ordeal. Mm-hmm. 
right? When they squared off, when the Colts were playing the Patriots, everyone was like, oh, shit, everybody sit down and grab popcorn. Let's go. There you go. Yeah. You know, it's like a mini Super Bowl. What if they did switch? I mean, yeah. Tom That's Brady like- was such in his system, like how he passed it. He he yeah. wasn't dropping deep. I mean, he had Brandy Moss for a couple of years, yeah. but he was dropping him in the. I don't. I don't feel like he was dropping him in the pocket like Peyton Manning could do it. No, he's a he was the get the ball to very much like Dan Marino. Get the ball yeah. to your hands. Joe Burrow is the same way now. It's get the ball to your hands quickly. Yeah, he has to be. <laughs> Joe Burrow kind of has to be. And Marino was the same way back in the eighties because he had a terrible offensive line as well. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, one of those things where. You ask different quarterbacks to do different things. I don't know that Tom Brady could have done what Peyton Manning did in Indy. I don't, I don't so. know that Peyton Manning could have been what Tom Brady was at certain points in New England. Or he, he would have, have been asked this arm strength. You know, they, they played that slot at two yeah. tight end that yeah. And I mean, and, just, I mean, yeah, but then you say like give give Tom Brady, Marvin Harrison, and Reggie Wayne. Yeah, and but then give Peyton Manning Bill Belichick. Yeah, I mean, well, then you could say give Peyton Manning Randy Moss, and you know, is yeah. Peyton Manning? I think was ever more like a, you know, he had Dallas Clark forever, right? Yeah, and Dallas Clark is underrated, but you know, and you could said that you know give Peyton Manning, you know, the Aaron Hernandez during the time and and yeah. the Rob Gronkowski, but Peyton Manning was never, I don't feel like a slot guy, you know. No. He, Tom Brady made his career on Wes Welker and Julian Edelman. Yeah, and those tight ends. I, I, I see it. So here's what I say about both those two guys. Those two guys made a lot of guys millionaires. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so I, I like no other quarterback could. Yeah, those two guys made a lot of guys rich. I love this. We were at um, a autograph signing deal. This is a, like a sports memorabilia show that Peyton Manning was at back in October. Me and Peyton. My son Peyton and I went. You know Peyton. Is this so we, when you were on the cross country trip? This is no, we just went to no, this was just me and Peyton. We went to Chicago for a weekend and went to this deal. And Peyton wow. Manning was there. So I took my son because my son is named after Peyton Manning. So I take him and we're in line. We're going to meet Peyton Manning. And uh, we're it's near the end of the thing. We had been in other lines doing stuff. I had met Joe Montana. Peyton had gone to meet Mike really. Tyson. Yeah, it was great. Montana was cool. Mike Tyson was there? Yes. Yeah, my son got to meet Man, Peyton. Mike Tyson. I, was, I, wanna, I mean, listen, are you adopted? I want to go. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. So we, uh, we're in line to meet Peyton Manning. Now, my son is just nervous because this is Peyton Manning, who, again, he's named after and wow. been my favorite player since you know he was in college. And then Peyton, and, like, grew up, kind of grew up on him. Like, yeah, he grew like, up on, grew up on Marshall Falk. But what was funny was when we were in line, it was line about 30, 40 people at the time. They kind of bring them in in row in groups. Right. Um, we're in line, and every so often, because there was a bunch of Colts players there. They had like 10 other Colts players from those, those that era there. Jeff Saturday? Uh, Saturday was not there. They had uh, Harrison, um, let's see, Dallas Clark, uh, Freeney, a bunch of others. Oh, Freeney was there too? Yeah. Man, that's cool. Uh, so they had a bunch of them. But what was funny about it was every so often, they like, you're outside of a curtain, there's a curtain backdrop behind where the guys are all signing and whatnot. And every so often, someone would come from behind the curtain and would go over to Peyton Manning while he's at the table. And it was like a former Colt teammate. And he would stop what he was doing. He'd get up 
And the Colts teammate always had their family with them. They had their wife. If they didn't have their wife, they had the kids with them. And it was always dapping him up. And then he would make be real kind to the parent, to the kids. Hey, how you doing? You can just see like these, these players, these other players that played with him were all like, oh my God, it's Peyton. We got to make it to big. It was a big deal for even former teammates to go see Peyton. Like that—that's that's how legendary he is. To and that's, yeah, and, and Brady's obviously in that that rare era as well. Um, you know, again, I would argue those are the two best I've ever seen. I would put Montana third. Um, you know, just my rankings. I mean, I kind of have those five. You know, the other two are Elway and Marino. Um, but one and two to me are Brady and Montana, Brady and Manning. And I look at it and I go, well, wait a minute. I mean, how great would Manning have been with Bill Belichick? How would it have hurt possibly Brady if he'd have been under Tony Dungy? And, and to be honest, Dungy was a good coach, but not a Belichick. Not Belichick. Yeah. Not a whole lot of Belichicks. Yeah, there's been very few. So that was one of the – that's why I refuse to go into the this person's the greatest. But I well, will you, say beyond a shadow of a doubt, to me, the guy who had the greatest career, because the accolades are just there, is Brady. But, and then you think about the – you know, how Tom Brady even came to be, you know, drafted sixth round. Yeah. If Drew Bledsoe never gets hurt, we might not even be talking about this. Yeah. But Drew Bledsoe was a hell of a quarterback. I mean, yeah, 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 you're right. Same way I mean, with Kurt Warner. Out, Frank Green and, never gets down. The yeah. greatest curve might never, ever happen. Uh-huh. I love I've, I love playing the what-if game in terms yeah. of, like, if this never happened. I've always wanted to write a book based upon what would have happened if this didn't happen. I mean, did you read those? You know, I, I feel like it was a, a time. We grew up in different eras, obviously. You grew up probably in the 80s, and I grew up in the 90s. Yeah. And I was – what year did you graduate high school? 94. So 94. Well, yeah. And so I always think about this, too. And Did you ever read – I'm sure they were out – that the Choose Your Own Adventure books. I don't remember those. You never heard about Peyton might know about him. How old is Peyton? 21? He's 20. He's almost 20. Okay. He might have gotten to read them, but they had these choose your own adventures. Anybody listening that's that's a millennial will definitely know the choose your own adventure books where you, you would read so far and it says go to page 47 for this or go to page 88 for this. And then so you got to choose as you read the book kind of how the story would end. And there was several yeah. different but yeah, that you should write a book. I would read it. I would. So like the ones I've always thought of are. Right, so what happens if you, you reverse if 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 Bledsoe never gets hurt? You know, you never get you never get break. A large um, majority of NFL history is gone. Yeah. What happens in basketball if the first big three had not happened? The first Celtics big three, the um, the one where it was Garnett, Pierce, Paul Pierce and Ray. Yeah, and Allen. How that defined the league. If Steph yeah. Curry made it out of Davidson, would the league still be heavy on three-pointers like it is now? Yeah. If Shaq, if Shaq never leaves Orlando. Yeah, if Shaq never leaves Orlando, what happens? Does Kobe have the career he has? Are we still talking about Phil Jack? Well, I mean, we would because Phil Jackson had Michael Jordan. What if – okay, here's another one. What if Phil, Phil Jackson never gets ran out of Chicago? Yeah, that's a good one. 
I've always thought of that those would be a, it'd be fun to speculate and to come up with the story and get five or six of those and make them a book. Yeah. Like kind of like a series, like a, yeah. like a book series on a almost yeah. what if 30 for 30 type thing. Yeah. And this, what if, it, it, Marvel's you know, doing what, that with what, what if, if the, you know, the, Duncan. the Celtics what, were, had the first pick that year. Yeah. Greg Popovich, you know, he would never be Greg Popovich. The Spurs would never have had that run. Yeah. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff that it to me is a phenomenal wormhole to go down. So, yeah. I mean, one of those things you could spend forever on. It would be fun. That would be a fun one. We may have to do that as like a uh, a recurring piece for you. We'll come on once in a while, you and I just like, talk about like, what would happen in I'll bring in just to – I'll pick one. You just tell me when. I'll, I'll research uh, yeah. a bunch of different avenues that could have happened, and we'll yeah. just break it down and talk we'll, about we'll it. We'll do that. We'll do that. That'd be fun. We'll be there for your next time on. All right, so tell me now, uh, what did you think of the halftime show of the Super Bowl? I want to get to your perspective because you're a little bit younger than me. So how old – tell the audience, how old are you now? So I'll be 30 in November. Okay, so a little bit younger than I am. I mean, I'm in my mid-40s. So you have like like Ellen and I, my co-host on on the on the Friday pod, the point five pod. We were, we loved the halftime. We thought it was great for us. It was awesome. I only had one pullback on it, and it was not their fault at all. But Dr. Dre and Snoop could not do like the original stuff that they did like in '94, '95. You know, like the original Chronic and Doggy Style album stuff. They couldn't do any right. of that because they don't own it. They don't. It's still owned by Death Row Records, which I guess Snoop is trying to buy right now. Right. Uh, he's going to buy Death Row, but he's not going to have the masters for quite a while. But because they don't have the masters and they don't have the rights to the song, they couldn't do those. It's my only complaint. It's a very nitpicky complaint. I loved the halftime show. Tell me what you thought as someone who's a little bit older, a little bit younger, I should say. Yeah, so, you know, I grew up. How I grew up, like, you know, what's funny because me and Tyler are such great friends now. Me and Tyler, and I'm sure you know Tyler growing up yeah. more, like about the same I do. Me and Tyler had much different childhoods in, in terms, you know, right? And, and I grew up, Bartlesville is a small town. It's not dangerous. It's a place you would want to raise your kids. Honestly, great schools. It's, they're usually in the top half or maybe even higher, like they're in the top quarter of, of best place for your kids to go to school in Oklahoma. Up, I mean, now Bigsby and Bigsby BA and like Edmond have, have kind of held the reign on that in terms of if you had to pick up to have your kids raised, that okay. jinx is up there too. But Bartlesville, quiet town, small, low crime rate, nothing crazy. You have two staples and Phillips 66 and Conoco Phillips there, quiet. But, you know, growing up, I, I went to a like, uh, you know, a lower socioeconomic type school and was raised in that subsequent neighborhood. Um, so growing up, I was, you know, my, my parents, mom grew up in the 80s. Dad grew up in the early 80s, late 70s. Um, and so I was introduced to, you know, the classic 80s. I'm a huge 80s music fan. Um, and I'm sure you are too. You know who T Paw is? Yeah. The European band sing Heart and Soul. Yeah. Ario Speedwagon. Uh -huh. I, I'm I'm huge fans, right? So I grew up on 80s and then and then after that, being from Oklahoma, grew up on 90s country. Anybody from Oklahoma, I don't care race, color, creed, orientation, 
anybody from here is going to be a diehard 90s country fan. It's it's just in – if you're in Oklahoma, it's in your blood. Yeah. That's, that's, be the, a, that's And you're in, like, the heart of Garth Brooks land there. Right. Exactly. Like, it's, 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 a, it's a rite of passage to drive around with your mom and listen to Shania Twain. Like, <laughs> you, like that you have to. But, you know, when I was growing up and, and riding my, you know – riding my bike through the neighborhood with all the other neighborhood kids you know i was i was seven in 1999 and you know going to you know like a school you know we weren't listening to we were listening to backstreet boys and in sync but we were getting our our full dose of early 90s hip-hop especially from the older brothers yeah, you know, riding around and hanging out with the older brothers of my friends, we were getting your doses of Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre and Eminem, and you. You can even go back. We were even getting like the Run DMC and the Biggie and the Tupac. We were getting all of that still so much at a young age. Like I, I think I can remember like the first time uh, that I heard like Hypnotize, and the first time I heard. You know, even going back to like the first time I, you know, was introduced to like too short. Okay. Like I, I remember those days and, and being, you know, not necessarily having the CDs, but almost hiding that music that I knew from my parents. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, and, and even the Snoop Dogg, like you want to mention the halftime show, like, you know, you can say, like, what's my motherfucking name? Snoop Dogg. Like I can remember that, right? Yeah. Like that was. I was still so young and so impressionable then that that was what everybody was bumping in my neighborhood. Yeah. And so I've been a Snoop fan. I, I feel like forever. And then, you know, you look at the history and, and where Dr. Dre, like how many places Dr. Dre's touched, like how many, how many, he has his hands in every, in every, in every bucket. Yeah. You know? And so how influential he is, makes me appreciate him more that, you know, when I was like seven, eight, nine years old, I'm over here, you know, like, uh, you know, it ain't no fun if the homies can't get none. Like, you know, and I'm like, I'm like eight years old. Like I'm talking about, you know, like, yo, it ain't no fun if the homies can't hit my bitch. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, and so I love the halftime show. And how cool was Snoop Dogg, man? How cool? Yeah. Is he in your? I don't know how you feel. Like you grew up, you grew up like in the South. You know, none of I don't really know anybody from the West Coast. Yeah. Um, but Snoop Dogg that night, Super Bowl. I I looked at him, even Fifty Cent, and you know, if if you get a chance, read Fifty's book. Okay. I don't think he wrote it. Not by himself. No, no one. You know, but he goes back and and that was a surprise. I didn't know 50 Cent was going to be in that halftime show. Yeah. But even 50 Cent's story uh, in his book and, and just that whole thing. And I know you guys appreciate it. You talked to you and Ellen. I'm sure you guys talked about the Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah. But that I, I'm going to put that up there. Might get crucified for it. I'm putting that up there with Prince. I agree. I, I agree 100%. It, it's, I don't, so like, I'm one of those guys that like, I think it comes down to what you, what you personally like. Uh, there's never been a Super Bowl halftime where I went, God, that was just terrible. 
Um, but there's never, there hasn't been very many, there's never been many that I was like, oh, wow. Um, Prince was one of the ones where it was, wow. This one was a wow. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, you can, you can nitpick some certain stuff, but I thought it was pretty great. Um, I think the it cool thing, you mentioned the Snoop thing, and this is my, my thing on Snoop. I love Snoop. And I think that Snoop is a genius. I think Snoop is, a, I think of it this way. So in 1994, when I first was introduced to Snoop, he was like a 19, 20 year old guy who had just come up with Doggy, who was just done, you know, the thing with, with Dre. And then they did Doggy oh, style, his first, his first CD. I remember getting that, played in the car all the time. And I would have never thought Snoop would be this icon of pop culture. Snoop Dogg, Snoop is one of the biggest icons of pop culture of the last 50 years now. I believe it. Look at the, you know, we can even talk about the, the marijuana movement. Look, yeah. I mean, he, he's the face of it along with Bob. That's I mean, a Bob really Marley, good point. That's Bob Marley point. doesn't want to be, but it's Willie Nelson and Snoop Dogg. I'm, Snoop Dogg has his own weed. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, this is a guy that did all sorts of stuff in the beginning of his career like this. No way this guy's going to last. And now he is iconic. He's in the same breath as Jay-Z in terms of hip-hop culture um, and pop culture. And pop culture, I think he's way ahead. I think he's ahead of Jay-Z. I think I you're right. Jay-Z, but I'm telling you, I think that he is in pop culture. I think Snoop is the pop culture hip-hop person. Like he's the Mount Rushmore by himself almost. I agree. I mean, he's influenced so much. Yeah, I mean, and that not that you talk about Def Jam Records. Yeah, um, there was a there was a pod or not a it was a podcast, but it was also a video podcast. I'll have to send it to you, where he's talking with with Charlemagne uh-huh. and talking about Death Row Records and talking about Def Jam and uh-huh. and talking about kind of all the stuff and how he, you know he's talking about his 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 murder investigation. Yeah, and how that held him back, like coming up. And he's talking about his son and, you know, going and just talking about everything. It was a great, I think it's a, it was about like a 30 minute clip and it was great to even hear and, and think about like what he, you know, we talk about you, you listened to him when he was a, a kid and, yeah. and, and going up and going through the West coast in a time, in a time too, where that nineties rap, that nineties hip hop, West coast, West coast versus East coast, was so huge like submit that alone even the 90s alone in the early 2000s cemented him as an icon yeah it's yeah. really it's really crazy I, yeah. I feel like I, I love talking about this stuff and i love talking about it with you just because you lived it you know you were growing up and you graduated high school you said in 94 yeah and i don't know how much clubbing you did but you were in the clubs when the DJ is the DJ too. I mean, it's funny when we talk about it too, because what I DJ, like my, some people are all country. I run into a lot of country DJs here. A mm. lot of people are house music now, which is the new thing. I am, you know, it, it's funny too. When I DJ stuff, some people look at me and like, how do you know this? Yeah. And I'm like, you don't understand like where I came from growing up. Like you yeah. don't like, and I play that all the time like i play the dr J, like the explosive you know like i'm i'm yeah. dropping all these old tracks when i play and and so I'm like 
every time I DJ, I'll, I'll throw in like a Snoop because you have to. You know, everybody knows it. And in the bars that I DJ, there are people, um, I, I'd say the average age is between, I don't know, 25 and 45. And so everybody coming in, you know, you've seen the memes. I don't know if you saw the memes of of people be like, you know, kids these days or like older kids, you know, 15 and 16 these days will look at their parents and be like, why are you so excited for this halftime show? Yeah. And they don't know yeah. that this is what mom and pops was raised on. And you were, you know, grew up in the 90s. You, I don't know, you turned 21 in the 90s. So you were hitting the bars. Yeah. When these songs were dropped in the club, mm-hmm. like brand new, right off, like, hey, this new one straight off, you know, straight off the press from Dr. Dre or straight off the press from Snoop Dogg, you are, you are in it, and you're li- and you got to live it. You got to maybe even see some of the early two thousands, like the the Ushers and Little Johns, yeah. and, and all the other products from from Snoop Dogg, which is super cool. I, if I could go back in time, I would I would be 21 in 1999. That's a pretty awesome way of looking at it. Yeah, That's you got awesome. to see you got to see the epitome of of hip hop culture. You got to experience it at maybe the best time to experience that. I never thought of it that way because I I get to where nowadays like so I made this comment uh, telling my wife this a couple weeks ago. Um, I hear like new music and I like, I like a lot of the hip hop that's out nowadays. I like a lot of it, but then I hear like what's considered like pop music and I don't like hardly any of it. It sounds like everyone has taken too much volume. Like in the music, I think like, and I guess this is from coming up in the eighties and the nineties, they need to put some guitar riffs and some shit because man, some of this shit is just downright depressing. We got a whole generation of people out here that are on some kind of medication. Have you noticed that with pop music now? It's just depressing. Yeah, a lot of it is, you know, there, there's so much now it's talking about, you know, suicide and take yeah. a bunch of pills and, and you now, know, yeah. probably a couple of drink. The people who were around, you know, my son's age, people who were in their early 20s, y'all need to go have some fun in your world. Now, I do think if you're in that age right now, I do kind of feel bad for them because they've had to go through COVID for the last couple of years in a part of your life where, in a time in your life where you should be experiencing new things. You haven't been able to do that as, as much. But man, some of this music that's out here now, I, I feel like an old guy, get off my lawn, lawn guy in a way, but I'm like, it's just depressing. And what I think about is like, you know, like the 80s and the 90s, you know, it was like, we had depressing music too. Nirvana was real, but I mean, at least Nirvana put some guitars in that shit. You know, you know, it was like, all right, you know, you started at the beginning of "Smells Like Teen Spirit." And you're like, oh, okay, this the the lyrics of this are sad as fuck, but this is a good fucking song. Right, that and and he, I always think it's funny nowadays, and and Megan The Stallion is doing this a lot. Um, I've heard a couple of her songs that you you hear because you know hip-hop and you know from the from the beginning they the sample culture right yeah you, you hear a lot of samples and, and you go back and you listen to these old songs even even down to the early 2000s like ti ti was taking samples from like roberta flack like some old records right like seven early 70s 
late 60s tracks yeah. and taking those samples, sampling it, speeding it up, up in the tempo, and then yeah. turned it into a banger. And now you see people taking, you know, and it makes me feel old. God, it makes me feel old. I'll hear a song and I can immediately know the sample from where they took it because they're taking it from early 2000s, late yeah. 90s tracks. Yeah. And it's it's so funny that because they're sampling something that that artist also sampled yeah. and it's it's so funny to hear um because i'm like a media i'm like oh, okay they sampled this song why'd they do this yeah. there's even a there's even a taiga song i don't know if I, I don't listen to a whole lot of taiga but i play it because people want to hear it djing but um you know they they he has a song that he sampled hey we want some pussy like yeah. ain't nobody who's your mama yeah and so he sampled that for a song called splash and you know i'm sure there's kids nowadays listen to it and they have no idea where that even came from yeah yeah i mean that was a banger that's still well the original is still a banger and i'm sure when that came out i i'm sure it it, is you know as a dj i'm sure it turned the club up i'm sure it was dumb oh go if you want to, if you want to know about that, about two live crew, that's an interesting one. Go and do some research on that. You'll see, like there was like because you're there from Florida, they're from Miami, and they were doing like some of those clubs in Florida, in Georgia, uh, in the Carolinas, and they were getting in trouble. Like that was where like a lot of the revolt against hip hop music came from in the beginning in the South was against two live crew and Luke. And um, you'll see where like judges were like, this is obscene. And they were like, they would go do a show somewhere and they'd get arrested for doing the show. It was, it was a well, lot, it was a lot of similarity between what like what Luke and Two Live Crew went through in the eighties to what like um, uh, comedians like Lenny Bruce went through in the sixties. Yeah. I mean, essentially just, except it was like, even, it was worse for these um for for the rappers i think because they were black yeah oh and the racism in the south racism piece gets brought into it and you're in the south that kind of thing yeah and it's it's counterculture you're about you know it's it's when almost and you go to a club like that and you and you play a banger like that you almost get charged for inciting a riot yes because the music just you know in a group almost like a group think Uh you know in a crowd like a mob and and growing up, man, like that, and I don't know. We we talk about the halftime show. I don't know if you caught Dr. Dre. Um, I'm trying to think of what Tupac song it was, but when he started on the piano, he he gave that tribute to Tupac. Yeah, that's what Eminem oh, feel too. Yeah, yeah. And man, and then I just you know, not a whole lot of people I feel like caught that. Where yeah. I was like, oh no way, is he about to play? Yeah. And then switched into you know next episode. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't gonna play that piano, <laughs> right? And I'm like, man, I was like, wait a minute, you ain't fooling me, Doc. You ain't about to play that piano. You ain't Elton John out there. I no, 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 no. Let's not get it twisted here tonight. Yeah. Right? But man, I thought it was a great. Yeah, show. yeah but yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, you you say that, and you know, we had this discussion about like you know Snoop's really importance to hip hop culture and to pop culture, um, and and what that even what that you know we. We talked about the, the NFL history and we talked about the what ifs. 
uh, you know, about football. And then we started in the pop culture discussion and we talk about the importance of Tom Brady and talk about the importance of Peyton Manning and what they mean in the NFL and how they shaped it. What about the importance of, of that halftime show? Yeah. I mean, that was iconic. I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, but I think it's iconic. Yeah. Oh, I think that people got to see. So I think people got to, I think a, a couple different generations got to come together. And then, you know, like millennials and like Gen Xers like me, we got to kind of got some similar stuff going there. And then the people who didn't like it, the boomers that didn't like it. Well, I mean, we just, we're at the point where we're just not patient with you people anymore anyway. So it's too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody that had a problem with that, they had a problem with that for a different reason than what was on the screen. Right. And we both know what reason. Yeah. I mean, that's, we're allowed to say it here. That's because you don't like the color of people. Exactly, which is yeah. you know, it's too da- too. What's the you ever seen the movie Holes? Well, that's too damn bad. Yeah, that's right. Well, fuck you, man. <laughs> right. It's hey, a man, I wanna, but oh, oh. I got to wrap us up here in a minute. But whenever I get guests on, and you're going to be doing some recurring stuff with us, uh, I, I always ask a few questions. I got a few quick ones here for you. Don't have to give a lot of thought to these. These are just ones to kind of kind of prep listeners to who you are. A little bit about you, okay? So here we go. First one. If you could be the best at any one thing in the entire world, what would it be? Uh, I'll be honest with you, it'd probably be guitar playing. Okay. Or some sort of, of musician, like best at DJing or best at probably guitar. Okay. I don't know. I, I feel like I would I feel like if I had the talent, I'd be a badass rock star. Nice. I know you could probably you throw down like one, so. All right. right. What what celebrity would you want as your best friend? Best friend. Yeah. Do I get the perks of being a celebrity? What's that? Do I get the perks of him being a celebrity? Am I going? Am I rolling? I mean, your best friend—that's part of choosing it, I suppose. Is those kind of things. But Uh, if if I could go, this is alive or dead. Uh, let's go. Let's go to live. Let's go to live. I haven't had anybody give me a. I'll, I'll, I'll pick the dead one first. I'll, okay. I'll do a dead one. I'll pick an alive one. All right. Uh, dead one would have to be Frank Sinatra. If I could grow really up good. in that time and be best friends with Frank and roll through all those iconic places, that would be a really good idea. Yeah. Because it would be like I, I would love to have lived back then to be be around for that. Yeah. Um, the next one, if I could be best friends with any alive celebrity. Oof. Right now, if I had to pick right now, best friends with anybody that's, man, there's a couple. Like, obviously, my favorite musician of all time is John Mayer. So I, I would almost okay. pick him. But if I had to, if I had to pick one, I think that would be really cool to hang out with and go do stuff with. I don't know if you know who Action Bronson is. I do. He has yeah. a show on, is a show on Vice called Fuck That's Delicious. Yes, I've seen that. And, they go around and they just eat food. Yeah. They talk about it. They go to all the spots that are maybe like, a, I don't know. He comes off as douchey sometimes, but uh, you know, I kind of like him. Dave Portnoy seems like a really cool guy. I'm sure he's a douche in person. Yeah. You're the second one to come up with Portnoy. You and Tyler both had Portnoy. He would be, he like, would be a I blast. I like your action Bronson. I think it's a really good answer. That's, that's one of the best answers I've gotten so far. 
he he man if and if anybody listening hasn't seen you know fuck that's delicious i have his books i have the i will, the, I will co-sign on fuck that's delicious i've seen a couple episodes it's, it's good i mean it's he they they go out and do it and in his book he is uh you know it's called fuck that's delicious and it's, it has a ton of recipes in it he has another one too i don't know if you know if you followed action bronson like that he's he's lost a ton of weight he has a book called fuck it i'll start tomorrow and i don't know about you i've 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 lost weight gained weight lost it again yeah uh done all that and fuck it i'll start tomorrow it's how many times of like i'm gonna order this pizza and drink this beer and then fuck it you know i'll start tomorrow yeah and that's what that's what he talks about in this. And then he finally, you know, he's he's in the gym all the time. But really cool guy. Yeah, I like that's a great answer. It's better than Portnoy. I, I think Portnoy's so overrated. I he is. He, he is a maybe he is a walking sexual assault claim. I mean, it's just he have he, you seen? He, he looks like he's about to sexually assault somebody any moment of the day. I can see that. Yeah, he 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 seems like he could be the next one. Maybe to get canceled. I do love the pizza reviews though. Cause that's my thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I would love that. to be able to do the pizza reviews. Yeah, he he's like the frat boy who got who got rich. I mean, it's like, yeah. I mean, that's, I don't. Know. He went to the same high schools. Have you seen the Barstool documentary? No, I haven't. It's very interesting because that's he a, did he did create his business. I do appreciate about that. He he stuck with it, kind yeah. of did what Tyler's doing. You know, started the show, stuck yeah. with it, and and then he blew up. Yeah, was given away free you know, newspapers with sports stuff yeah, on it. I, I, I think that what he did in the beginning was really great. I think what happened to Dave Portnoy in his last few years is his success has gotten his head. Oh, man, he's got a huge head. Yeah. His ego is huge. Yeah. And then he's after, probably humble. So, yeah, I, I just think that success has gotten to him, and that's and that's a shame. So... But that's just my, my uh, here. A couple more, real quick. Let's we'll get these out here. What would be your superpower if you had one? Oh, you know, I was, you know, I like that. I like this question, Bo. I, you know, real quick though. What I'm interested, real quick. I'll tell you mine. What would be yours? That's interesting to me. If I had a superpower, I would want to be strong like the Hulk. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. You know, ever it's cliche to say fly. And, and yeah, flying is the easy one. That's the one that people who don't think about it th- say. Yeah, I flying think I would, is an easy I one. Would, would seeing the future be one? Ooh, be able to predict. Yeah, I suppose I could make I, a, I could make a shit ton of money that way. Well, everybody could, right? So <laughs> maybe that. But I mean, okay, it's, think, in that in that way, you could say my superpower would be being rich. But if yeah. I'd pick one, and I hate this because it's. It's two ways here read minds but then you're also burdened yeah so that's a good one thoughts. yeah the, the reading minds one's good and i've had that someone said it before too because with reading minds it is it's the burden of what you hear well i mean you know and you sometimes you don't want to know the truth of what people think yeah if you could selectively read minds, like if i'm seeing you on the screen i could read your mind right now yeah. or i could choose not to yeah, I think it'd be really good if, like, when, um, like, where it'd be funny is when you have, like, the movie, like, the what well, there was what men want, what men, what women want, you know, those kind of things. I think that's where it'd be kind of fun to be able to read minds. But then there's also things where there'd be a burden to it. Like, 
the the, the things the, the things that people walk around with every day. Well, and then you know you talk about reading minds too, and then I think you can get close to that with practicing like social intelligence or emotional intelligence. Yeah. You can read somewhat read a mind by reading body language. You're getting good at that. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, that's, that's good. All right, a couple more. That We're almost done. Who is your celebrity crush? Oh, it's always been uh, Jennifer Aniston. Okay. Always. Okay. Always will be. Nice. That's a good choice. All right. I've got a quick one. These are just this or that. So you got to choose one or the other. Okay. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Batman or Superman? Batman, 100%. Fries or onion rings? Fries. Cornbread or biscuits? Honestly, I'm not a big fan of cornbreads, and I, I love good biscuits and gravy. Okay. All right. Well, there we go. I know you're from the South. You looked at me on the on the Zoom yeah, like I was a Well, someone said don't like cornbread. I, I judged you a little bit on that one. Well, listen, uh, you, know, you know, have you had jalapeno cornbread? Yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm not a big jalapenos guy. Oh, see, I am. I'm. Uh, you could. I like jalapenos fine, like nachos, any nacho dip, cheese dips, and stuff like that. But I'll fuck up my cornbread with a bunch of jalapenos. Anything hot, dice me up, yeah. ruin my in, internal internal <laughs> organs with anything spicy. Well, we'll start. We'll tell you what, next time we have you on. We'll have you come on using your original podcast uh, slogan. Oh, there you go, live from the shitter. Live from the shitter. We'll have you come in next time. Is live from the shitter. All right. So, uh, well, Tom, man, you hit it out the park today. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate you. Uh, we'll definitely have you back in soon. And uh, got to check out the Jones Report. Uh, Tyler's on, or Tom's on there with Tyler every week. You guys drop on Thursdays, right? Most of the time. Sometimes yeah. we record on th- – well, yeah, if we record on a Thursday, he'll drop it on a Thursday. Or so, If we record on – it usually is a Thursday, I guess. Yeah. So I'm just glad I got to record with you today because usually when I do my bit on the Jones report, you're not there anymore. It's just me and Tyler. So I wonder how it'll change. I don't know what Tyler's going to be doing during the day. Yeah. I, I usually, if I work from home, we usually record it when I work from home. And see, I usually record like during with Tyler the in the evening. So yeah, I'm going to see it. If I'm know. back now with his new job. Yeah, with his new gig. So we'll see how it goes. But you'll still be on the show, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And you look, let's be honest. You're the best part of the show. I mean, you know, you're the one that's keeping us a stitch. I'm the, I'm, Tyler's got better. He's got a better voice. He's got better insight. I'm, I'm there to buy, provide the comedic relief. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Tyler has the booming radio guy voice. That's just, I like to say, I, I made Tyler more radical. You're there to make, I like that. You like to make him more radical. I love Tyler. And I think that the great thing with Tyler is that voice does not go away. It's not put no. on for radio. I've known other radio guys in the past that the voice is uh, when they are just when the mic goes hot, the voice comes on. That's not Tyler. She talks like that all the time. And it's loud. Yeah. And it's he could, booming. He, he has a big booming like, voice and it's great. I love it. Is, his whisper is loud. <laughs> I always like to say he's smoking cigars and, and shotgun and beers because of me. <laughs> gargling whiskey on the weekends to get that voice even right. more bass yeah. all right hey tom thanks for coming in i appreciate you i'll uh i'll chat with you soon and uh we'll get you back in here in a couple weeks and some some or more stuff anytime you want to come on we got you sounds good i'm ready thank you bud you have a great day
We'll see ya. Hey, I hope you enjoyed uh, our chat, uh, Tom Bridges and I. If you get a chance, go and listen to and, and download uh, the Jones Report each week. Tyler Jones and Tom Bridges, they are excellent. Tyler is a great interviewer. He's got a lot of great insight in the sports world, and we're going to see him even getting even better guests, I think, as we get as he gets started in his new gig and some things he's doing. Uh, with Studio Soapbox, we're just getting so much bigger and better, and I'm awfully proud of what I've seen from uh, – Tyler and, and I think him and Tom are just great. So uh, Tom is just it's just a good old boy who's, I mean, really just the, he's the hilarity of the show, if you ask me. So I hope we're going to have Tom back on quite a bit. He's going to do some stuff over here with us. And I've enjoyed my time over with him as well. So I'm uh, going to do that. So uh, getting ready for the Point .5 pod. Ellen will be in on the Point .5 on Friday. We're going to talk a lot of football. Uh, we're going to talk, kind of get started on the postseason, the, the, you know, not the postseason, but the offseason is what's going to be happening next. We're going to talk some of this Eric Bieniemy stuff. And then Ellen's going to take us through and catch us up, those of us like me who don't really pay attention to college basketball. She's going to catch us up and get us ready for the tournament. So if you haven't been paying attention, definitely listen to Friday's pod because she's going to get us all caught up on what we've missed so far. God knows I've missed quite a bit because I don't watch a lot of college basketball till now. She'll get us all caught up, all that good stuff, and uh, we'll be ready. So we'll have her in. We're also going to have Hayden Fallick's going to come in. Hayden and I are going to talk a little wrestling. Um, there is some shit going down in the wrestling world. I don't know if you know this, if you're a wrestling fan at all. Uh, Cody Rhodes has left AEW. We'll talk about the impact and kind of the historical ramifications of that. There is a huge rumor about a, the comeback of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, we're going to discuss that at length on the podcast as well. Um, I can't believe that WWE might be getting Steve Austin back in the ring for a wrestling match. Uh, that'll be interesting. So we're going to talk about that. And just a lot of stuff going on in the wrestling world. And Hayden Fallick from Pro Wrestling Historical Society is great. He's such a wealth of knowledge. And he and I are going to chat on, uh, we'll have that on the point .5 as well. So huge thanks to Tom Bridges for coming in. Thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Tom's going to be in from time to time as well moving forward. Thanks to Tyler Jones, everybody at Studio Soapbox. Tyler, I hope you had a great week in Daytona. Best week ever, as he was calling it, uh, going across the country. I hope you enjoyed Daytona. I hope you had a great time. I'll be on the Jones Report this week. I'm sure we'll get him to tell me a little more about it. We may even get him to sneak in next week over here to uh, talk about the best week ever and to talk about what's going on in his career and some changes we're going to have at Studio Soapbox coming. So thank you to Tyler and everybody behind the scenes. Most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. Without you guys, we don't do this. And we appreciate you all, the help you're giving us. You know, everything that you're listening, we appreciate the reviews, the Every five-star review. I appreciate all of them. Uh, you can do that on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts. Wherever you get this podcast, definitely give us a review. Take a moment and do that. Also, take a moment. Check out the sh- in the show notes the link for Trump Club. Save $50 for doing that. Uh, also, you know, one big reason, you know, one reason we're here every week is O'Connor Advisory Group. And right now, I'm really working with a lot of people. Do you have life insurance? And if you don't, you need to be giving us a shout. So go to OAGKS.com. Hit the Contact Us button. That's going to send a message directly to my inbox at, o- at O'Connor Advisory Group. Tell me you're, looking, you're listening to the podcast. 
you got some questions on anything financial, you can see some different have items on there on the website as well, some different articles and stuff that I've written. Hope you'll enjoy that information. Anything you need help with financial, check us out. O'Connor Advisory Group, OAGKS.com. So until next time, I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. Have a great week. Remember your time tokens are non-refundable, and we'll see you on the .5 on Friday. Take care, everybody.